Hey, Jen, want to talk about bouncing your eyes? Wait, what happened to your eyes? Great. Today we're going to discuss how we talk to men about dealing with lust. Let's do it. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, IntimateCovenant.com. Welcome, friends. So good to have you along. Thanks for joining us. We are here at episode 101. We have officially passed the century mark. That's right. We're feeling very official. Like, I feel like, you know, now we're really in this for the long haul. I guess. Which also makes me go, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I'm glad to be here. Of course. Most weeks. Most of the time. Most of the time. Uh, Before we get into today's topic, uh, we did want to at least mention uh, one thing that's coming up here in the next few weeks that Mm -hmm. you need to be aware of. Yeah, an opportunity to join us. Yes, join us in in another way. Uh, We have been asked to speak uh, at the Balancing the Christian Life digital lecture series. Yeah, this is super cool, brand new. First time this year. First annual. First annual, I think. Um, This is being organized by Kenny Embry, which longtime listeners will recognize Kenny's name. We did a um, interview with him way back in the beginning, Mm -hmm. Um, and Kenny himself has a podcast, Balancing the Christian Life podcast. Which you should check out. Absolutely, Uh, Kenny's doing great work over there. Um, But he is who is organizing this whole digital lecture series, so it's just like traditional lectures, except on your computer. Yes. And, and so you get to join it from the comfort of your own home. Yeah. So that's happening July 28th through the 30th. That's there are right. live sessions Thursday and Friday evening and then mm-hmm. Saturday all day. Mm-hmm. We will be speaking on Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern time on serving your spouse. Yeah. Submitting to one another and yes. how we... Um, go about serving our spouse. Right. Um, but we're just one of over 45 different speakers. So tremendous amount of knowledge and just a, a wealth of, of great information yeah. that's going to be presented Absolutely. at this. There's four different tracks uh, to choose mm-hmm. from. You can uh, check that out. There'll be multiple lectures happening each hour. But these recordings are all going to be available after the lectureship is concluded. So. Right. If you don't catch everything, you'll have a chance to go back and and catch up. But you do have to have a ticket. Um, There is a a cost associated with putting all this together. So there's, of course, a cost associated with attending attending from the comfort of your own home. Right. Uh, But (laughs) if you're interested, if you want more information or you're ready to sign up right away, go to Mm -hmm. balancingthechristianlife.com. At the top of Kenny's website there, you'll see a menu item. that will allow you to see the lecture schedule. Yeah. If you're not sold on just us being there, you want to see who <laughs> else is speaking first. Uh, makes sense. You can find the lecture schedule. You can also, uh, at the top of his website uh, on that menu bar, you'll see another menu item, a link to register for the uh, series of lectures via the Whova 
app. Yeah, so, super cool app that we're yes. figuring out as yes. we're getting ready for yes. our presentation. Um, but I think it'll be great. It's it's more than just watching these lectures happen. There's a lot of interactive features yes, that are going to be a part of this. So you will have the opportunity to get to know Christians from all over the country, maybe all over the world. Yeah. I don't know who all's registered yet, but um, we think it's going to be a great opportunity and we would love to... See you there. We'll see you there. (laughs) All right, Matt. So in our intro, you talked about bouncing your eyes. Crazy kind of phrase, but probably one that a lot of our listeners have heard before in regards to what we should teach young men as far as how to handle lust. Well, young or old men. That's true. That term bouncing your eyes comes from a book called Every Man's Battle, Many of you may have read it or not, or at least heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we had an email come in to us not that long ago about um, really looking back at some of the uh, episodes that we did on purity culture several right. weeks ago. Uh, and one of these emails specifically, which we're going to read for you, uh, references this idea of bouncing your eyes. I think we probably used that phraseology in uh-huh. the episode uh, previously, uh, but specifically just questions about What do we do with our young men? Right. So let me read the email and then we'll dive right in. It says, your podcast has been a blessing to my marriage. We didn't have major issues, but has helped me thinking, especially regarding the purpose of intimacy. Thank you for your work and love for others. I have listened to the Purity Miss podcast and read Talking Back to Purity Culture in the past year. It really has been eye-opening about how harmful those ideas are and how the focus is not on Christ. I grew up hearing and believing those ideas. And very recently, the preacher's wife here gave a talk to the young moms about our sons, specifically telling us to teach them to, quote, bounce their eyes, also to use code words, etc. My question is, as a mother of young boys, What do you teach regarding the sin of lust? You mentioned not bouncing the eyes and teaching a scantily dressed woman is a soul and not being used for their pleasure, but is there a point to teach them to turn away? Do you put yourself in situations like the beach, pool, television, etc., with these situations all around. If a commercial comes on with provocative clothing, would you turn it off to avoid my children seeing? I don't know how my tone will sound in email, but I'm sincerely seeking wisdom as I raise my children. Your tone sounds great, yes. Mama. <laughs> Rest assured, certainly we uh, we hear you and we appreciate this. This is um this is a mom who's just trying to dig into. Okay, I have young men. I want to do this right. What exactly should I be teaching them? Mm-hmm. And like she says, y- this idea of bouncing your eyes and using code words, this is a very prevalent idea. It is. It is. Um, it, and it, so I think it is fair that we kind of dig into this a little bit more. Yeah, maybe clarify what we were talking about, uh, maybe get a little bit more specific with what we were talking about in in that previous episode. Right. Uh, we should take this chance, though, to plug uh, the Young People Seminar that we have coming up uh, on August 26th in Bowling Green, That's Kentucky. Right, um, right. right. We, we do 
often speak to married couples only, but we sometimes are given the opportunity to speak to singles. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of message that we're talking to them about. Um, So if you are anywhere near the Bowling Green area and after... After hearing this message, you want to hear more. (laughs) Or you want your young people to hear more. You want your young people to hear more. Go to our website, um, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click on the upcoming events. And then you'll find the August calendar. Look on August 26th on the calendar and click on that. And it'll give you all the info you need, including a digital, digital. Yes, that's Or too. a digital and printable flyer yes. <laughs> that you can access. Right. And you can, uh, that, that flyer's there. You can send it to whoever you, you might need to. If, if you're listening as a married person, but you know young people in that area, make sure you let them know. And but, if, if Bowling Green is too far away, what should they do? Well, if, if Bowling Green <laughs> is too far and you have a young uh, group of people in your community that you want us to talk with, we would love to do that, first of all. Yeah. We would love to meet you. We would love to meet your young people who, who want to hear more about holy sexuality. Uh, invite us to your neck of the woods. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. But for today, we are going to talk to our podcast audience, and we're going to talk about this idea of bouncing your eyes. Let's dig into what is all encompassed within that message. Where where did it come from? What do we mean when we say that? And and is that a holy way and a healthy way to be handling lust? Sure. Well, I, I think it makes sense. First of all, let's clarify what we mean by this idea of bouncing your eyes. Not everybody may be familiar with that phrase. Mm-hmm. So the, the teaching is that so when a man is confronted with a girl or woman whose body doesn't have the appropriate amount of clothing on, uh, mm-hmm. A man is to see this, but then quickly look away. In other words, he he notices it and he should bounce his eyes away from it so mm-hmm. that he does not store that image in his mind. Right. And likewise, his female family member should be always watching out for him. And when they themselves see an inappropriately dressed woman, they should have a code word that they say. And upon hearing this code word... The young man shouldn't question it, but immediately look down until the, quote, danger has passed. Right. So the the idea is that men should avoid seeing scantily clad women at all costs. Right. And, And I think the motive behind that is an effort to try and keep our boys, our men from being triggered to lust after a woman's body. Right. And that sounds like a very righteously motivated and team approach to dealing with this ubiquitous problem of every man's battle with lust. Yeah. But I think, Jen, you raised some important questions. Is this a healthy deal? Is this a healthy way mm-hmm. to deal with sexual desire? Is it scriptural? Right. Um, should should men and boys turn away from women uh, who may not be, quote, modestly clothed? Right. Uh, at what point? And and the emailer asks questions like, you know, should we should young men or older men go to a public beach or mm-hmm. to a pool party, mm-hmm. or should they be cautious about what they're watching on TV? What what are the principles? What should we be teaching our young men and older men about this? How to handle the problem of lust? Right. And, and right. And that's the standpoint that this emailer is coming from. She's a mama of little boys or big boys. I don't know how old her boys are. She's trying to figure out what to say to them. All I know is she has three of them. (laughs) So 
I think obviously the first place to start is what does scripture say about this? What did Jesus himself have to say about how to handle the problem of lust? Well, sure. And and I I, I think we should be clear. We, we're not trying to insinuate in any way in anything that we're going to say that lust is not a problem. It is certainly something that we are warned about specifically. Yes. Uh, I, I think men are warned about. Um, Jesus says specifically that if you look on a woman and lust after her in your heart, that that, that is tantamount to committing adultery with her in your heart. Right. That's, that's a serious sin. That's a serious problem. That's a serious accusation. And that's something that should be taken seriously. Right. I mean, for those who want that scriptural reference, that's Matthew 5, verse 27 through 30. comes from what we commonly call the Sermon on the Mount, right. um, when Jesus says that. And so, you know, lust is serious, like you're saying, but I think... We have to define our terms, right? What does lust mean? So lust, I mean, simply, lust just simply means to uh, strongly desire something, to have yeah. a strong desire. The, the word itself is neither negative or positive, right? Correct. It's, it's just it's, it's used strong in both, desire. Yeah, it's used in both mm-hmm. contexts. The, at least the original um, Greek word, the epithemia, is used as a term to refer to strongly desiring after good things and strongly desiring after bad things. Now, in the English language, we've sort of given this idea of lust a negative connotation. And and, and totally kind of um, prescribed it to the realm of sexual uh, um, it's true, nature, right, right? right? Like right. that's really the only time we're using the word lust is right. with a sexual connotation to it. But I, I think if we're talking about the the sin of lusting after a woman, to be specific, lusting after a woman who's not your wife is a sin. That's what Jesus says. Mm-hmm. Strongly desiring her in your heart is a sin. Um, and I think what that means is that l- lust occurs when a man holds that image of her in his mind and in his heart, and he dwells on it to the point of sexual arousal and sexual intent. Right. He is taking that image and creating more of it for his own sexual satisfaction yes. and pleasure. He's taking it in and cultivating it. He mm-hmm. is um, manipulating that image. He is um, taking that visual stimuli and feeding it to his heart. Yeah, I think that's what we're. That's what Jesus is describing there. Right. He he is teaching there in Matthew five that lust occurs in the heart. Now he is. I think being specific with his language, and he does not say that lust occurs when you see a woman or when you notice her. Yeah. He's saying that lust, sinful lusting after a woman, happens in your mind when you internalize it and when you dwell on what you are seeing. Right. Like you just said, I mean, as some have said, noticing is not lusting. Is there a difference between noticing and lusting? Well, I think that's an important distinction to make because we, we sometimes have taken this too far or we have not really understood what is being taught or we have tried to create boundaries that, that Jesus didn't necessarily create when he talks about lust. Yes, and, I, I think we, we see the potential problem and in an effort to try and protect from the potential problem, we create a boundary that's maybe a little bit too far away yeah. from that. In other words, Jesus said, "Don't don't internalize it." And some of us have said, "Well, don't look at it at all." Mm-hmm. And maybe that's going the wrong direction with this. 
Um, and, and I think, Matt, the, the other component of this is that Jesus is implying that lust is a choice, that, that he believes that we have a choice whether or not to lust. Yes. You, you often don't have a choice in just what you see, that's, right? That's I mean, true. that our eyes are open and scanning, and I may or may not have chosen what originally my eyes dwelt on. Yes. Right? Well, and, and, and I, to be clear, lust is a serious thing. I think we, yes. we said that. And that is borne out even in the way that Jesus talks about lust because he says if you can't control your urges, then you must be willing to take drastic measures like tearing out your eye or cutting off your hand. Clearly, that's pretty serious. And, <laughs> and, and we should also, likewise, treat it seriously. Yes. So I understand where this idea is coming from. Yes, absolutely. But I do think it's right for us to question, have we been approaching this in a healthy and right way? Yeah. Well, it's simply just not true or biblical to assume that if a man is visually stimulated, and and I think it's, that's a general truth. I think that we can all agree with that men in general are stimulated by what they see. They are sexually aroused by what they see visually. Right. That's how you are designed. That's true. And I think Jesus acknowledges that because he's addressing this passage to men Mm -hmm. because he specifically talks about men lusting after women, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. So I think Jesus even acknowledges that general truth, right? not surprisingly. But just because men are visually stimulated, it does not mean that all men are inevitably, uncontrollably sexually aroused if he notices the sexual appeal of another woman. Right. Not every man is going to see a sexual stimuli and take it all the way to lust every time. Otherwise, all men should be walking around without eyes and without hands. (laughs) Because by now, all men should have cut off their hands and gouged out their eyes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All men are visually stimulated. I think that's a universal truth. But again, like Jen said, lust is a choice. So so this is, we are combating, and not just we, plenty within the uh, Christian world, I think, are questioning this and recognizing that this is not necessarily, quote, every man's battle. Well, it's not because it's not for at least me personally or others that I know who have done the work to change their hearts or have done the work to to revise and work on how they view sexuality. Right. But their own and other people's. I think it's been presented in some circles and, and again within this popular book that all men everywhere constantly struggle with lust. That it is a never ending battle of lust. I don't know where that comes from. Maybe at some point all men do struggle with this at some point, and maybe I will, even if that's part of it. I I think it's wrong of us to think about the fact that, or, or to assume the fact that all men are walking around and they're just sexual monsters that can't control their urges, they can't control their mind, they're mm-hmm. constantly looking to prey on women, uh, you know, because of mm-hmm. how they dress or don't dress. That I think is it puts the wrong idea out there. Yeah, 
I agree. I agree. I think we, when we believe that, when we buy into that, when we teach that to our boys, we're in essence teaching them that God has created them in such a way that it is impossible, nearly impossible, to not fail right. constantly. Right. I just don't know that that's the right message we should be teaching. Yeah. And I think we need to recognize that it is, inc- it is possible to have a healthy and high sex drive and not continually struggle with lust. Yes, I 100% agree with that. That is a reasonable, that is a realistic goal for all men, right? young or old, to have a healthy, high sex drive and still not to continually struggle with lusting after other women. Right. And, and so I think, you know, in... in working towards an answer for this mama's question, we first have to start with this understanding of what really is the problem? What really is lust? When does that occur? Is that occurring every single time a young man or any man looks at a woman? Um, we got to reframe that. We've got to do right. better within the church of reframing that right. before then we can talk about Okay, so what should we be teaching our kids? How should we, um, you know, what is the message? Well, and ultimately, our goal is not to keep boys from seeing girls. Right. That's not going to happen. So that should not be the focus or even the intent of our teaching. The goal should be to help boys deal with lust and help boys have an answer for lust and how to control their heart where the lust is actually occurring. The, The solution is not in the eyes. The solution is in the heart. So when we come back from the break, let's get into that, Matt. Okay, after After the the break. break. Ah, summertime. Time for relaxing by the pool or on the beach, putting your feet up and taking it easy, soaking in the warmth of the summer sun. Whose world do you live in? More like... Time to pack and unpack the endless bags, shuttling kids to camp and to grandma's house and to the family reunion, crammed in the minivan for hours on end, sleeping in uncomfortable beds, all while sweating buckets in the heat and humidity. Sounds like you need something refreshing and relaxing to look forward to. And I know just the thing, the annual Intimate Covenant Marriage Retreat. So true. Looking forward to the rest and relaxation we'll be having at the Intimate Covenant Marriage Retreat this fall. That's the perfect way to survive the chaos of the summer months. The 2022 Marriage Retreat will be held at the Springwoods Marriott in the Woodlands, Texas on September 22nd through the 24th. Our theme this year is Extraordinary Lovers, taking your marriage from good to great. Jen and I will present some new and challenging and fun sessions designed to encourage conversations with your spouse. But don't worry. You'll have plenty of time for rest, refreshment, and relaxation with your beloved. It'll be the perfect recovery from your busy summer and getting those kids back to school. Register now at our website, intimatecovenant.com retreat. Space is limited and it's filling fast, so... Register today. You can save your spot with just a $200 deposit. Now, go enjoy your summer and don't forget the sunscreen.
Okay, so I think we've established noticing is not the same as lusting. Mm -hmm. This is not where Jesus drew the line. And I don't think it's realistic to expect any man not to notice or to see women, whether they are clothed or unclothed. Right. Um, That's just not a realistic goal. And so that, I think, is not where the focus of the teaching ought to be. Right. So that, I think, is the focus of this message of bouncing your eyes. So maybe let's get into where that bouncing your eyes message might actually be unhelpful and even harmful. Yeah. So I think sometimes this idea, while it's well-intentioned and whilst maybe this approach does work for some men in some situations, there are places where I think it would be unhelpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think it inherently proclaims that women's bodies are just simply too dangerous yes. and they must be avoided. That's right. And I think it's it's taking a woman and making her about body parts, not about a whole. Yeah. And that she herself is just innately dangerous. Right. That, that any part of a woman's body potentially could be the pitfall mm-hmm. for a young man. Mm-hmm. And I think men have been taught that Lust is this every man's battle. It's every problem. Every man deals with this and struggles with this to the extent that I think some of us get the impression that, well, men just simply can't control it. So they they have to either just succumb and give in to that pressure or they have to try to avoid any possible trigger, any possible sexual stimuli. Right. I, I think this attitude is what often leads us to the conclusion that, It's not even possible to learn another response. There's no other solution given other than just, you know, don't look at it. Uh, it, And so there's no effort to even learn to try to control my own thoughts. Well, and then it becomes just uh, men who are constantly afraid of being anywhere where there might be a woman who isn't dressed fully, fully covered. And so that's where you end up terrified to go anywhere. Well, I'm sorry, but in this day and age, I see things on the beach that are similar to things I'm seeing in the mall. Yeah. (laughs) So, so if you have that mindset, you're in a whole heap of trouble anywhere outside of your home. Yes. We've got to give men tools to be able to uh, deal with this other than just avoiding any kind of sexual stimuli. Right. Um, And, And like I said a minute ago, I think the other huge problem with this is that this teaching is objectifying women. I I know that's not where it's trying to start, but that is the exact path that this leads down to. This mindset treats women as body parts rather than respecting them as equal embodied souls. And so again, I think you're right, Matt, there's there's a better way. Yeah, so, so we started this episode talking about what did Jesus say about lust I think it's appropriate to consider what was Jesus' approach when he dealt with women. Right, right. And he chose to speak to the unspeakable women, uh, right? Exactly. He, he he associated with prostitutes and and other women who were involved in serial monogamy, uh, the, the woman at the well. She, he, he talked to, spoke to, encountered, and sought out women who were, quote, unspeakable. Right. And I and he chose to inter- engage with them. He, he chose, chose to, to interact engage. with them. And I don't see within scriptures that he's bouncing his eyes away from them. Now, I don't know what they were wearing. 
I do know that there was something that marked them as being involved in some of their current professions. Yeah, they, they were identifiable in some way. So, so what we, I think, can, without trying to suppose too much into that, I do think we can see, though, that Jesus interacted with them in a way that in which he met them with compassion. He, he didn't see them as body parts. He saw them as souls in need. And he treated them with this compassion and with honor. And, and he offered them the redemption that they truly needed. Yes, he, he didn't approach them as a threat. He didn't approach them as dangerous. He approached yes. them with compassion and honor and respect. And so I think we need to take that same mindset and apply it to what are we going to teach our young men and how how should our men be interacting with the world around them? Yes, and when Jesus talks about lust, he lays the blame for lust on the one who is lusting. Yes. And he commands that man to make the drastic changes in his life. Um, right. So there's there's a whole lot more we could say about modesty, and we will. In fact, and I we think we're planning will. on a subsequent episode <laughs> uh, to talk about the this so-called modesty and how women should be dressed and how we should teach them to dress. Yeah, There is certainly some responsibility that lies there. I don't want to, to uh, disregard that entirely. But when Jesus talks about lust, he talks about it from the standpoint of if you have lust, then you're the one that needs to change. Right. He you does, need to change your heart. He does not blame a woman that is or isn't dressing in such a way. So because yes. because lust actually isn't just about what a woman is wearing on her body. Well there's nothing it's about the man's heart. Yes. Yeah, there's nothing that a woman could wear that would prevent men from lusting. That nothing. Nothing would prevent sexual sin, even in societies where women wear the full covered burkas and facial coverings and everything, there is still sexual sin there. Yeah, It still happens because men will lust because that's a heart problem. It's their heart problem. It's not an eye problem. Right. That said, the, the women who may be dressing disrespectfully may in fact be the very ones in need of Jesus' love and respect. Absolutely. And so I think that's where we need to... If we're shunning to, these women, then that's causing more of the problem. We're, right. we're pushing them further away from what they need. Right. I mean, we, this is a great place to apply what would Jesus do kind yeah, of yeah. principle. You know, and I think we see this played out, say, in the office. I mean, if, if a woman is known for wearing low-cut tops and you as a man ostracize that woman, you never reach out to her, you never interact with her, you treat her as danger, then you're never going to actually reach her with the one thing that could change her heart and maybe even her wardrobe, yeah. the, the gospel. And so you've got to recognize the danger in saying, I will have nothing to do with a woman who is not clothed in the way that I deem fully, quote-unquote, yes. modest. because her problem is not her wardrobe. Her problem is her heart. Just like your problem is not her wardrobe. <laughs> your problem is your That's heart. That's exactly right. And, and we see this even, you know, in the visitors who come to our congregations who, who may not be wearing what we deem right and appropriate. Or even you the know? members. I mean, it may not even be a visitor, right? It may be a regular member. Yeah. How, how do you react with the woman or interact with a woman Who's wearing a skirt that you think is too short? Too short? Do you do you avoid her? 
if so, you potentially are teaching her that she's not loved or wanted. Right. You know, and and that's what she's going to learn. Is that how Jesus interacted yes, with these women? But you can't change people's hearts unless you build relationships. Yeah. You're not going to change them by avoiding them. That right. That's not how that works. And let me just say even more, if you talk about that woman in her short, short skirt in the car with disgust on the way home from church, your children will also learn to judge others based solely on their body and their appearance. Yes. Now, to be Is clear. Is that the lesson you want to be teaching? Right. Good question. I think that's a good question. And that's that's something we all need to look in the mirrors about now. To be clear, we're not suggesting that you need to go to the strip club on an evangelistic <laughs> mission, okay? No. <laughs> because, it, and I think this all begs the question, is there ever a point where I should look away as a man? Exactly, exactly. And I think the answer to that is yes, there are points when you should look away. Absolutely. It, you should look away when it would be disrespectful not to. Right. Like, Like a woman who's walking with a skirt on or a dress on and the wind blows and she has a wardrobe malfunction. That, that's <laughs> yes. not a time for you to see what you can see yes. as far as her undergarments or go. Or she, she bends over to pick something up that fell and, and her, her blouse falls open. I mean, yeah, those are she, times to look away, right? That, that's not building relationship. Yeah. If you, if you and can it would look, be disrespectful of right. you... To use those opportunities as times to look at her body. Yes. And if your gaze turns into a, a, a pulling in and seeding that image into your heart, mm-hmm. when your gaze reaches that point, that's when the, the gaze is disrespectful. That's when you need to turn away because that's when you're turning it into lust. Absolutely. Now, if you can learn, and you can, not if, you can learn to look at a woman see her as a soul, see her as a person, see her as something of of immense value, have compassion on her, and attempt to build a relationship with her. You can learn to do that. And you can learn to be respectful and when you choose to put your eyes on her or not on her. Yes. But that's coming from a place of your heart, not this idea that she and her body is inherently dangerous to Mm -hmm. you. And and there are times when the idea of looking away might be very good for you to just have that in your mind in in the short term. Like if you're dealing with a particular struggle, like recovering from a porn addiction, you've got some images you need to be working to get out of your mind. Yes. And you need to, you're, you are learning at that point how to reframe how right. to control your thoughts, how to move your thoughts from um, noticing to building relationship versus noticing and internalizing that into lust. And, and objectifying. I mean, that yes. is the whole point of porn is it objectifies a woman into body parts for your own selfish gain yeah, absolutely. and pleasure. That, that's and part so of the danger is you learn to objectify women mm-hmm. and that's why you can't help but keep looking at women in an objective way because that's what you have taught yourself. Right. So when you're in a time frame in your life where you hopefully are teaching yourself to not behave that way, bouncing your eyes might be the right approach at that point. But I think what we're saying is this is not a good long-term approach. No. Because this isn't really getting to the heart of the issue, which is your heart. Yes, because men need to most learn to truly see 
women as Christ saw women, right. not as bodies that are made just to be used for their own selfish delight, their own selfish pleasures, but see them as eternal souls, as fellow heirs to the inheritance of Christ, to, to see them as God made them in his image. Right. And, and I think, like you said a minute ago, Matt, when you do that, then it does change everything and it does make it possible to live and operate in our very highly sexualized world without being overwhelmed by lust from every woman that you encounter. I mean, you yourself know that story. I know that story. That That is how, that's where it came from. That that was my story, is seeing women, objectifying them in many cases, because that that's the way that I had trained my brain to, to do. But I don't struggle with this any longer because that's not how I see women any longer. Right. And you have spent so much time and effort to fill your mind with love for me, love for my body, that when you notice another woman, it so quickly in your mind transitions into an appreciation and a remembrance and a loving of me. Well, right. It, it's taking any, that sexual stimuli and learning how to transform that into energy and desire for my spouse. And, right. and I think that's really what it boils down and, to. And so that's where you, you might notice another woman, but you don't dwell. You don't lust on that woman because that beating that battle is entirely possible and should be expected. We as women, married women should expect that our husbands are not battling lust every day. Yes. That, you should believe that's a realistic that goal. that is a realistic goal for your husband. And, and that's a realistic and, expectation for you as a wife to believe that your hu- husband can learn to not be objectifying every woman that walks down the street. Right. And and when you yourself learn to reframe that, then every woman that walks down the street is not a threat to you. Yes. Exactly. I mean, honestly, the, the women I or the people that I hear complaining most about whether or not a body is clothed or not clothed is fellow women (laughs) because we ourselves are objectifying other women and treating them as body parts because they're, they are quote dangerous. They are a threat uh, to our husbands and to our sons. And so, you know, we've got to do a, a good job mamas of teaching our boys to love Jesus, not girls. Mm. We've got to do a better job, mamas, of teaching our young people that the goal is not to have boyfriends and girlfriends at young ages when they are not ready for those commitments. Getting a girlfriend is not a healthy goal for your teenage son. Stop pushing your kids into sexualized relationships and then wondering why they battle. Yes. Why, why do you think they desire th- these women so much that they don't have any context? They don't have the tools to know what to do with all of these desires. Right. But, and when we push them into these intimate relationships that are meant to build upon one another, and then we tell them, don't do that. Well, what context are we giving them? Yeah. I, th- I think... Importantly, we need to be teaching our boys about the purpose of sexual desire, not just teaching them to try to squash it or suppress it or don't see it, but help them understand that the purpose of your sexual desire is to point you toward 
Jesus, to point you towards covenant, to point you towards something so much bigger and so much more important than just your sexual gratification. Uh, Teach our boys to see women and girls as something of value. Teach them what they are supposed to do with that sexual desire. Because squashing it is not an answer. That's not a. That's not possible. Right. It doesn't work. It's. It's not the goal. You can't squash it. You have to teach them what is the ultimate purpose. Teach them that the purpose of that desire goes far beyond the girl walking down the street, yeah. whether what she's wearing or not. It, it's to teach us about something much higher, something much truer. Right. Point. Point your sons to Jesus. And husbands, if if this is something that you're dealing with, that you are still trying to overcome. I, I I think you need to know, first of all, it is a realistic goal yes. to not be objectifying women that are walking down the street. And, and part of that is holding up your spouse as your standard of beauty. Right. You've got to see your spouse as the ultimate manifestation of beauty. Mm-hmm. And you can control what you desire. Yes. If that's what you put your heart towards, if that's what you put your energy towards, if that's what you put your thought towards, if that's what you're meditating on is your wife and her desirability, both sexually and otherwise, if that's what you're putting your focus on and intentionally changing your heart, you will change what you desire. Mm -hmm. Stop using other women's bodies for your own pleasure, whether that's through pornography or even lesser forms like Netflix or social media. Stop using other women's bodies for your own pleasure right. and focus your energy and your attention on your wife. Right. So our, our mama that wrote in asking, how, how do, what do we teach regarding the sin of lust? I hope, I hope we've given you some tools on how to better turn your sons towards having a love for Jesus, recognizing When is the points to turn away? Give your sons tools and better ways of thinking through this by training their hearts first, not just giving them arbitrary rules that end up teaching that a woman's body is dangerous. So when it comes to what situations are you going to put yourself in? Well, we're not going to draw the lines for you. These are conversations that you're going to have within your own home. Yeah, that, that's going to depend on where your sons are or, or your... It depends on each individual man mm-hmm. and, and young man, where they are in this journey. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's going to require some heart-to-heart conversations, some challenging conversations with your kids. And that's going to require, on some level, you trusting them that they know what they're capable of. Right, but right. That and means and you gotta having, have a relationship there. Having that open dialogue to where your sons can come to you and say, This is a harder experience for me, and therefore I need help in guarding myself in this kind of scenario. Yeah. Having those conversations though is so much harder than just drawing lines Absolutely. or just teaching these arbitrary rules like bounce your eyes and listen for code words. And, but and dads, and this- ultimately this is how we raise men yes. to honor wives yes. and to honor women. Yes. And dads, this is a great place, a great opportunity for you to share your journey Yes, in how you uh, are dealing with this problem, how you have dealt with this problem, where you are in this, in this journey, the mistakes that you've made, the, the successes that you've had. Sharing that with your teenage boys will go a long way towards giving them some guideposts some some actual helpful advice and guidance on how they should conduct themselves in this journey as well. Right. So it leaves the question though, Matt, 
does a woman have any role in this and how she is dressing? And like we just hinted at, we're going to cover that in the next episode. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for an episode (laughs) on modesty. Quote modesty. Quote modesty. All right, Matt, give us our wrap up. A popular method of dealing with the problem of lust is to teach men to, quote, bounce their eyes and avoid any possible exposure to sexual stimuli. But is this helpful advice or even scriptural? Rather than avoiding women or suggesting that their bodies are dangerous threats, it is much more loving to see women as Jesus saw them, as souls made in the glorious image of God. As a parent, You should be teaching your sons to have the expectation that they don't have to be triggered toward lust by every exposure to feminine beauty. But this is an intentional work requiring meditation, prayer, and building relationships. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about what you've been taught about lust and how these ideas have influenced your marriage and your parenting. Is there something that needs to change in how you are dealing with lust? Thanks for listening, subscribing, and rating. Thanks for sharing the podcast. Thank you for all your support. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thank you for listening. If you have something to add, we would invite your feedback, questions, and suggestions via our email, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. To submit anonymous questions and feedback, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com backslash podcast. Click on the button, contact the podcast for an anonymous submission form. In addition to this podcast, Intimate Covenant offers group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, weekend seminars, and an annual marriage retreat. We would love to continue the conversation about God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality with you and your friends. If you're interested in bringing us to your church or small group, please contact us, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. May God continue to bless your marriage.